All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Sports. Jacob Brown with you, joined by Rory Tedemer. Rory Tedemer, the pitcher, once again. You're back at it. I, I had to throw it at you when we started. I love to hear that. Yeah, no, uh, back at it Sunday morning, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time. And I just realized, you know, that's actually Sunday league. You know, if you ever heard Domingo Ayala go, I feel like I'm back in Sunday league, man. This is technically what it is, Sunday league. <laughs> I mean, that, that was awesome. I mean, when you texted me that, I was happy for you. That's great news, and, uh, and hopefully it works out. But uh, we're in the stretch run of September. I'm not going to lie to you and say that we have these uh, elite topics to talk about in terms of day-to-day -day baseball, in my opinion. You know, and I even saw John Boy say this on, on John Boy Media. They kind of do a twice-a-week show where they'll go through three-game sets uh, and it'll be Trevor Plouffe and Talking Jake. And he says, I've gotten to the point where I don't go on those episodes anymore because I'm not as interested in the day-to-day. -day. Uh, and I've gotten to that point, too, where I'm kind of just like, get me to the final few days where I can start thinking big picture with playoff spots. I just kind of feel like we're at this point now where – it's going to kind of just be like we're waiting for that final week and waiting for playoff time. I mean, for you, you know, your team's a little bit more in that race where they have to win every day, and that makes it different in that sense. But um, I still think it's a lot more about, you know, like are we really going to talk about every game all the time? I think it's more I'm focused on big picture personally, but what about you? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I've, I'm so down to lose a few games if the Braves are uh, the four seed. Uh, I do not want to see them in the first round at all. Yeah. I'd much rather see the Cardinals. It switches if the Braves actually end up staying with the Mets and catch them, uh, which I was hoping they'd do. And then they all of a sudden started falling and uh, losing to the Mariners. Um, I don't know if you saw one of those games. It was like the Braves scored five in the top of the ninth and then gave up two home runs in the bottom of the ninth oh, man. Uh, to lose it. And then they started saying Kenley Jansen shouldn't be the closer anymore. He <laughs> should laughing. not. Yeah, no. He shouldn't, but I was like, come on, you guys have way bigger. You guys, like, you, that's your problem, Kenley Jansen's thinking. <laughs> I'm throwing David Robertson out there every day. Hey, Robertson got a save last night. How about it? Yeah, I still, I mean, if Sir Anthony's back, I want Sir Anthony in the ninth. Yeah, me too for my fantasy uh, save points. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah. That's always what you want. So we'll talk about that stuff first. Uh, it is playoff time for me. I'm in my quarterfinal. Haven't even told you this yet. Heartbreaker in my pay league. Uh, I've been coasting all year. It goes some weeks I'm first overall, some weeks I'm second. I'm winning when I go to bed on Sunday or when I stop checking before Sunday night baseball. I, I just assumed Sunday's over. There's one game left. There's no way, you know, because in Yahoo, it's like six to four is the score. I don't even know. It's quantified. I'm like, he's not going to tie it up or win. He won. I woke up. Not only did he win, I slipped from second overall to sixth. Like, I, I can't. Oh my like, God. It was the most shocking fantasy moment. I, my jaw visibly dropped when I opened my phone this Monday. Are you out? No, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the quarterfinal, just kind of screwed in seating. Holy crap. Yep. Top six make wow. it. So I could have very well slipped. I mean, but uh, I'm tied with basically third, fourth, fifth. It just that one game slipped me last week. So you lost that on a first round bye. Yes. Yeah, that's what I that's what happened to me, except I lost the final two. I had to play I had to play the number one guy three times and I was the only one that had to do it. I was super upset. And even then I put up five hundred in the final week 
and still lost. I was like, are you shitting me? I put up the second most. His pitcher the past two days have been Fromber Valdez, complete game shutout on Monday. And then last night he had Joe Ryan, who was throwing a freaking no-hitter. And then, <laughs> thank God he got taken out, and they ended up losing the no-hitter. But even that is so he still got 35 points. So I've seen 40 and 35 points in two days for my brother's pitchers who went based in the first round. Nice. And, uh, yeah. And then today I'm throwing Ronzi Contreras, who's done super well, like, his past, like, four starts. Uh, all of a sudden, like, it was planned that he would only go four innings. And there's yeah. no, there's no news about it. Throws four one run innings, looking good against the Reds. He would be qualified for the win, and they take him out. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? My God, all these young pitchers and their pitch limits in September. It's so ridiculous. The Astros even did it with Javier, and we were both pissed a few weeks ago. Now he's back in the rotation, and actually, what's he doing? He's pitching right now. Yeah, what's he up to? Six shutout, eight Ks, baby. Tigers That's what I like to nothing. see. Damn. Is he going to go another? Uh, I don't know. No. So they're in the top of the seventh right now. It still says six innings. Is he pitching right now? No, he'd be in bottom seven. Astros are up right now. Oh, they're, yeah, it's in Houston. Yeah. Okay. He's got, not, he's got 90 pitches. Yeah. So he's done. They could send them. I'll take six shutout with the win. Easily. My. Easily. Wow. I even got uh, Cal Quantrill today uh, in my pay league. Seven innings, six Ks, 3.86 ERA. Decent. Against the Angels? Yeah. I gave up three earned? Yeah. I guess seven the seven innings. innings isn't bad. Yeah. Mickey, Mickey Moniak home weird in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey Moniak. <laughs> Man. So, yeah, fantasy's going well. Uh, in terms of waiver wire picks that are valuable – uh, like I just mentioned, Cal Quantrill, very underrated pitcher, mid three ZRA. Uh, also this week, Taiwan Walker, uh, uh, not added in a lot of leagues right now. He was earlier in the season. He just had a fantastic start against the Reds. He's facing the Pirates at home this weekend. So that's two bad teams he's facing in a row. I didn't reap the rewards of the Reds start. I feel like I have to, and I picked him up for the Pirates start this Friday. Uh, in terms of position players, I have left it pretty much the same for a few weeks. Uh, everyone knows who they got at this point in the season. There's nobody really sitting out there on waivers. No. Uh, oh, no. Jordan Alvarez, day-to-day. Ooh. Are you kidding me? That's gross. Uh, Elvis Andres. I picked him up 25.4% of leagues, dude. He's absolutely killed it. He got me like 11-9-11, like a three-game span. I was like, holy crap. Unreal. You know, another yeah. guy, uh, Eloy Jimenez, uh, is a yeah. guy I, I, I picked him up off the IL in the summer. And I was like, hey, if he's injured for even a month or two more, if I get Eloy for three or four months out of six, I'm happy. And he actually had a segment done on him this morning by Mark DeRosa and MLB Network. And first of all, he's been on a tear. Second of all, they did this thing where they said he tucks his front foot. If you want to look up a video for anyone at home, his front foot almost turns in on an angle and I'm doing it to Rory visually. None of you guys could see it, but you can look it up. And DeRosa said, you, you would think that's you're jammed when you're, when your foot's turned in, you're kind of turning inside. He has the uh, third highest batting average 
against pitches on the inner half in the big leagues because he's able to turn on those pitches so quickly. But another player that when I added him, not a lot of guys had him, like Eloy Jimenez sitting right here, 40 bombs a few years ago. Yeah, no, I, there's a, the best player on my college team actually had his uh, foot pointed in. Uh, and I was always like, wow, how does he do that? And just absolutely, he just had so much torque going around that he would crush balls. But yeah, no, I could definitely believe that. The guy I picked up, uh, Nico Horner, was injured. Uh, and I'm in the playoffs, so I was like, all right, I can't have Nico Horner, but he was good for me. Um, I picked up Lane Thomas, uh, outfielder for the Nationals. He's playing every day in the leadoff spot. Former and uh, in his past, past eight games, slashing 429, 500, and 629. Wow. Uh, that's 40 plate appearances, five multi-hit games. Uh, two, three, seven, seven, and one in his last five games uh, for points in fantasy. That's pretty decent as well. That's very good. And and also yeah. I just found, uh, I always have my watch list out. You got Oscar Gonzalez on Cleveland, uh, very under the radar, 8.7% owned. He's hitting 291 with eight home runs, 34 ribbies uh, since 9-9. On 9-9, he went four for five with two home runs, five RBIs. That was 17 point day. Then on the 10th, he had three points, negative one, zero. But then the last two days, eight and seven versus the Angels. So uh, his, his average points, at least in my league, is 2.0, which is borderline addable for me. Uh, young player, too, with some upside. So another interesting guy right there. I got another one for you. Another young player with upside coming back off the IL, Hunter Green. Ooh. Uh, he's at 66 pitches in AAA. He'll be pitching Friday against the Cardinals. I don't know if you want to take him there, but. Uh, his last start before going out, 29 and a half points, six shutout, one hit. Um, I think I would just – I've stashed him on my IL right now. I'm just hoping I can get him for the next week. Uh, and that's, that's what I'll be doing with Hunter Green. So, hopefully, he has, like, an easy schedule coming up next week. But even then, you can still play him against the Cardinals. I have I pitched Ron de Contreras last week against the Cardinals and uh, gave me 17, which was totally fine with me. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals can score, but they're not necessarily going to do it every night. You're, you're not going in there scared. They just win a lot of games. So uh, I'm with you there. And then last week we talked about Hunter Brown. We both missed out on his first start. I got him for his second start against the Tigers, and I uh, was very happy about that one as well. I did not miss out on his first start. I got the 26, and then oh, I got did? the 20. Oh. Yeah, and I got the 21 and a half last week, uh, or his last – was that last night? Last or night. Tuesday, yeah. I got those points last night. I just hate – so he might be going to the bullpen because Justin Verlander is coming back. Yeah. On ESPN, it still says he's going to throw Monday. But uh, his bio says he might go to the bullpen, which would suck. I mean, but, of course, I'd rather have Javier in the rotation than Hunter Brown, I guess. I mean, I'd rather have both. They're so They're so stacked. They're they so are. stacked. They really are. And, and I was doing uh, my top pitchers list, which is not complete. And we'll do that after the season and break that all down. But I went through Javier after he threw the complete game. And uh, even before it, he had a 2.50 ERA. Now it's way lower. Uh, his FIP is below three. He doesn't strike a lot of guys out. He doesn't give up a lot of home runs either. It's, I think, around a half. It's 0.5 or 0.6 home runs per nine, which is incredibly low. He's one of the best pitchers in the league, and nobody talks about him. Yeah, no, he is. And, uh, I mean, he's he's been just a little bit inconsistent, just the tiniest bit inconsistent at some points. Uh, but he's a guy that I've thought about, like, hey, I picked him up in, like, the last round 
of fantasy and a keeper league. I'm like, that could be useful. If I could have Christian Javier as my last round draft pick and a keeper for next season, along with Sandy Alcantara and the uh, Alcantara and the second. Absolutely. Decent. Decent. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to move into a segment now that I've talked about it before with Steve uh, about a year ago, maybe two years ago, whatever it was. And we started talking about some advanced stats and about what we think about them, how we value players through them. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, we know that teams kind of run their organizations this way. Now, a lot of teams that have these data, uh, data excuse me, data analytical departments uh, in their front offices, they've got 30 to 40 people in a room and they're crunching numbers all season. And they, a lot of front offices base their decisions off of these things. Whether you agree with that or not, it's the way things go. I don't even particularly agree with it. I think it's what's gotten the Yankees into a lot of trouble, you know, kind of basically relying on it. Their philosophy around sabermetrics is what caused them to go get Joey Gallo. That was completely incorrect. Uh, and now he's reverted back into Yankees Joey Gallo with the Dodgers. He has the exact same stat line with the Yankees and the Dodgers now. So sabermetrics test not really going well with Gallo, but it works with a lot of players. And for me, when I do these top 10 lists, I've focused more as the years have gone on, on these advanced stats, because I've kind of realized, at least in my opinion, that they value the total offensive player a little bit more and a little bit more fairly. Uh, because I think the best way to explain it is when uh, you can go on fan graphs and they explain it in a, in a paragraph description, uh, but they say slugging percentage, they value a double at double the value of a single, but is it really? And, and so WOBA and Weighted Drunk Created Plus, two stats that I rely on very heavily, they kind of quantify doubles, triples, home runs, singles based on the ballpark that you hit them in the pitcher that you're hitting them off of the team and they kind of put it on an average scale so that, and it's kind of hard to explain out loud, but it essentially puts hits in the values that they should be valued at. So let's say you had a double with nobody on in the seventh inning, your team's down by six, they're going to value the value of that hit. And I think that's a valuable thing. Whereas you hit a double and it's valued double than a single. It's really not though. Uh, so, you know, and, and other than that, the reason why I like it is because it's a tier system where, where the, the way that the stat was designed, where you can see it, a, a Wobo with 320 to 340 is usually an average player. You know that below 320, they're, they're going to be below average. The reason you know that is because every offensive stats combine into one, whereas you can't just look at a batting average and say, oh, a player's hitting 235, he's average. Well, if he's hitting 235 with 50 bombs and a high OBP, that's a valuable player, but he could also be hitting 235 with two home runs and, and batting average slugging percentage. They don't value the full offensive player. So that's why over the years I've drifted to these two stats. What about you though? Cause I know, you know, I definitely talk about it more than you do and you played. So, you know, you value the on field and I do too. I don't want it to seem like I'm a numbers nerd, but they, they are pretty useful. Yeah, no, I actually had a whole uh, breakdown in one of my last classes about advanced statistics. Uh, I hate I hate them when determining whether like the contracts and like contracts uh, and stuff like that, how much they're going to be worth. I, I wish those were just the more simple stats. Uh, 
because a lot of the times I'll see the Phillies pick up some random pitcher. It's like, oh, he's great at this random freaking category. And he's, I was like, all right, but what's his ERA? It's four plus. <laughs> and right. uh, it's, it's, it's weird. I did. I really like that FIP one you had. Um, is that what, was that what it was? Yeah. FIP. Fielding independent pitching. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one a lot. Uh, and I, but I do like them. I, and I definitely w- would say it's like, good to grade them as like you keep going on if like you're putting two hitters like against each other i like that if you're putting two pitchers against each other especially in like cy young and like award type things uh you're comparing them that way i think that's really good and it's pretty much like independent on your team i think as well where a lot of those stats like that's where you kind of go into those uh deeper statistics uh because say sandy alcantara versus tony gonsolin uh, there's a big difference there and wins and all that stuff. So going into deeper stats and seeing stuff like that is very good. And I have no problem with it. I just don't know a lot of them. Yeah. And I think that we're, you know, we both agree on those like baseline advanced statistics where we definitely differ. And I don't know this for sure. You know, I'm, you've, you've commented on more in the past to me and you use it. That's the one where like I draw the line where I'm like, what does wins above replacement even mean? Mm-hmm. What's a replacement player? You know, like that, that's where I just kind of, I'm like that, that's a little bit too much for me. Uh, but I, but I respect war when I see one that's really high or really low, then I know, okay, well, that's probably right. But if I'm comparing players based on war, I just don't like that. Cause it's like decimal points to quantify the value of a player to a win. Like, again, like, I, how do you even start there? Like that, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. And that was one of my bigger things, like grading on war. Uh, and I think it was an idea uh, for these young rookies that are going through arbitration to grade them on their war uh, for whether they should actually get like real contracts. And that's what they would be graded on. Uh, uh, I don't know if I don't know if that came into fruition or not. Um, but there is something like that now with the new uh, CBA to where they like the rookies. I think it's like whether you get awards or whatnot. Um, right. And I think it's like goes off that to where you can actually get a bigger contract early on or whatever. But uh, that was a thing in my uh, paper, I believe, where it was like war grading someone. And yeah, that's a, that's a big, I can understand it at some points. Yeah, you're getting replaced. I mean, how many wins would this team have? How many wins do you create? I can get that. But then sometimes it's like, there's like the war plus too. And I have no idea what that means. <laughs> uh, yeah. And they've even, uh, there's OPS and now OPS plus. Uh, there's WOBA and now there's ex-WOBA, which is, which is expected WOBA. Uh, like, what does that mean? Like, are, we're, we're predicting what a stat may be if certain things. So, like, again, like, that's where I'm scared almost for baseball because I feel like teams do look at some of these things a little bit too much and they'll go into some of these things. Basically, where I draw the line, I like my exit velo. I like my spin rate. That, to me, is not even advanced stats. That's if you've got the technology that can tell you where to grip a ball and it can tell you the way it's going to move, by all means, use that. That's not even stats. That's just, you know, spitting out what the ball is going to move like. But I'm kind of like, I, I feel weird saying it, but I'm kind of just baseline WOBA, weighted drum created plus, maybe some OPS plus because it's considered, you know, it's the same tier system to where if you're a 110, you're 10% above league average. But beyond that it's just so tough like there's the the uzr there's uh you know even drs for defense what's that what what is a defensive run saved are you telling me that you know for instance like this is one of the drawbacks for me here 
Xander Bogarts is valued as not so good of a DRS player, but he makes every routine play. That's not valued in DRS, though. They don't care about that. But, you know, Derek Jeter made a career off that. You know, we see all the haters now coming out saying Derek Jeter is a terrible defensive player. Well, he made every routine play that was valued at that time. Now it's, oh, well, you got a negative two DRS. So, you know, where's your draw on the defensive side of it? I defensive run save is one of the weirder things, especially for like infielders. I think the only like grade for defensive run saves would be outfielders rowing, uh, throwing people out, getting the balls in the gap, stuff like that. I mean, if, if you're, if you're throwing someone out, that's really the only thing is throwing someone out at the plate. That's, that's one of the only times that you're actually saving a run. Right. Uh, I guess you could put it in the infield. Uh, I know in Mundo Sosa made a great play at third base uh, the other day where I know Alec Bohm would have never fr- even friggin' thought of it. Uh, throwing home in in this tight game where he wasn't on the infield, but he saw the runner going, uh, he wasn't in on the grass, saw the runner going and just immediately pivoted there. That I guess would be a defensive run safe too. But I think it's major majorly it's uh that's definitely crossing the line. I don't, I don't really know how to grade that either. And what I, from what I understand, it's, it's a lot based on range. So if you get to a ball that maybe someone else wouldn't and a runner yeah. reaches first base, they say, well, he wouldn't reach second if blah, blah, blah. But then you're playing the if game and baseball is not the if game. It's the same thing where if a player gets a, a strike that should have been a ball and you're like, oh, well, if the count was two and one, he would, this would have been ball four. He would have been on. That's the if game. And, and that's never been baseball. Yeah. How else are you also determining the average range of all MLB players? That's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that yeah. Who who is the average? Like if you can yeah. step to your left and to your right, that's range. You know, so that that you know the nerds in the box are deciding what range is now. Uh, but it, it's also going to be affected. Uh, I saw something last night about the shift, uh, and this is what's this is why even I thought about this conversation today because everyone's saying sabermetrics are going to be eliminated. This is Rob Manfred's attempt to eliminate the shift, get rid of defensive positioning. He didn't do anything with the outfield. I'm listening to the Yankees game last night, and David Cohn says he's been talking to people around the league. Teams are starting to think about against a lefty hitter, moving the left fielder to short right field. There's no rules on the outfield. So we're not getting rid of shifts. They're still going to be here. You're not going to see if a lefty wasn't going to pull on the ground to the left side, they are not going to pull in the air to the left side. That is not happening. So shifts aren't even over. Wow. That would be interesting. That would be extremely interesting. But yesterday I was watching the Phillies game. Bryce Harper hit into where that left fielder spot would be. Uh, but the second baseman was playing all the way back, short outfield. And I was like, oh, that's going to be nice when the shifts aren't there. If you play that still, oof. but Bryce Harper can go opposite field. Yeah. And I, I will say, too, I don't like the fact that you, can, you have to be in the infield dirt. Yeah. You don't like that? No. I mean, that is one of the bigger shifts. I, I, I mean, think- how many times did I – I'll throw him out here. How many times did I see Kale Sneathan playing out on the uh, on the grass? <laughs> Fuck's sake, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I mean, it was funny because, I mean, I, DeRosa said, he's like, you're telling me I can't back up two steps with Barry Bonds at the plate? He's like, you can't put Barry Bonds <laughs> in the infield. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, it's crazy, man. It, so, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of a, a, a big kind of formal discussion about advanced stats to talk about how they affect shifts or shifts actually really gone. Uh, so that's a discussion there. Now let's do a quick standings update because we got to. It's the postseason. It's almost coming up. We'll just read off the standings, tell you where teams are at. 
Uh, not spending any time on the Yankees today. They are seven and three in their last 10. Okay, they're decent. Uh, I still have not changed my thoughts on them in the playoffs. I think they're a first round exit. Um, they're just going to mosey along. The division's theirs. They took care of the Rays, which they needed to do. Uh, and now the Rays and Blue Jays and the Mariners are going to be battling for seeding for the rest of the season. Um, so the, in the AL Central, Cleveland Guardians are up by three games over the White Sox. The Twins are now five back after being swept. Um, so that that a lot of people think that that could be their uh, backbreaker because not only did they get swept, but they also don't have tiebreakers against the White Sox or the Guardians. That makes so basically they're five games out. They're really six games out with the tiebreaker with both those teams. You got the Astros, obviously, in the AL West. And then those teams, yeah, I mean, it's basically the playoff teams are set. It's basically going to be who gets home field. You have Toronto, a half game up over Seattle and Tampa Bay, who are currently tied for that second slash third spot. Um, not much to touch on. That's what I said at the top of the show. We're basically just waiting on home field uh, in the American League. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, Houston's running away with that, though, no? How close is that? Uh, I meant uh, seating. I didn't mean home field. Uh, how, how close are the Houston uh, Astros to 100? They are 92. 92. Yeah, okay. They'll probably get there. They should, at least. But, yeah, no. Uh, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from the White Sox of late. I'm absolutely loving it because I I wanted them in the playoffs. I like I always loved their fire, and then they just kind of you know are stinking. And their pitching uh, still is questionable. What's Giolito been up to? He's had a good last start, I know, and then Lance Lynn as well has been good. I mean, if you can get those two even at not even last year type st stats, get them at five and five and two thirds, three earned. Yeah, just not five ERA guys. Yeah, no, you're right. That's right. I. They'll make it, I think. I think they'll overtake the Indians. That will be my, that'd be my, uh, the Guardians. My bad. How could I think you? Overtake, I think they'll overtake the Guardians. <laughs> the yeah. Washington football team, not the Commanders. Oh, man. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it, it, one of my friends, not a big football fan, he's like, this is the only logo that looks pretty collegiate. It was just a W. Yeah. Every other team's got some sort of emblem or item or word. Yeah, don't like the Commanders. Um, so, yeah, the interesting pick, though, there with the Guardians. Let's move on to the National League. Dodgers clinch. They are in already. They're 98 and 43, so they'll absolutely get to 100 wins, and they're going to be talking about a lot more than 100 wins. The Mets slightly in control of the NL East, up by a game over the Braves. Then you got the Cardinals way up in the Central. Now, two pods ago, we were talking about the Cardinals battling for a wild card, and now they're way up in the division. Uh, and then you got the Phils, uh, well, the Braves, Phillies, and Padres in the wild card with the Brewers two games back of the Padres. The Brewers have been slumping. Freddie Peralta's out now. Yankees play them this weekend, so that's a big series for them. And they're not even throwing Corbin Burns against the Yankees. They're only The, the Yankees are only going to have to face Brandon Woodruff on Sunday, uh, which was really curious for me, especially because I believe – Burns is facing the Reds. He's facing either the Reds or some lower level team. Confused me a little bit there. So yeah, National League, you know a lot about a lot more about it than I do. How do you think it's going to shape out for the rest of the season? It's uh it's interesting. And it's what I 
what I would want is just the Phillies to make the playoffs anyway, necessarily. When I'm getting picky, if I want the Phillies at the six seed, facing the three seed overall Cardinals, that's what I think would happen. I mean, you could easily slip a little bit to the Padres, even though we got a game and a half on them right now. But I think it's going to stand the way it is. Uh, Phillies Padres will take over those other two wild card spots. They'll either be Braves or Mets. Do I think the Braves will catch the Mets? Hmm. They're not bringing up Soroka. They're not bringing Soroka's ready. They're not bringing yeah. him up. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Strider changed. Like, yeah. Strider changed everything. They they didn't. I don't think they had that in their plans. And talking about FIP, one point seven six FIP for Strider. The only one lower is Degrom. I mean, how are you? But how are you? having Jake Odorizzi on your team instead of Soroka? That's a great question. <laughs> like, how is he on there? Yeah, I mean, because he's a five-or-die type guy. I don't I don't get that one either. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean... I know he's pitching. I think he's pitching. We got an upcoming series against them. I think he's pitching game one. Is it... Is it sure. uh, could be performance-based. I mean, maybe he's coming back and not performing so hot. I'll go look up his MILB stats. But I do know one of his rehab starts didn't go the best. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, some teams would kill to bring up a young mid-20 starter in September. They're just like, nah. Who's already showed promise? Right. I mean, he was a top Oh, and they got they got Albies coming back. Which Dave Bishop was raving about Albies and uh Gwyn and Gwinnett uh for triple A. Braves, uh he's been killing it. I saw he had a home run I think the other night. Yeah. Uh him coming back will be big. I maybe they catch him. I would love it. I love for them to get. Yeah, the Mets are gonna met at the end of the season. Braves catch him. Mets are gonna be that four seed. For I like it. Card. I like it. And and they got to find a way to keep Grissom in the lineup, who's been playing second for Albies. Three hundred batting average plus. Him and Michael Harris. I mean, Michael Harris. Not only is he having a great rookie season. I mean, I I was doing top center field list the other day. You could argue he's top five already. He's 19 home runs. Uh, Woba stats are 390 plus. 390 is when you're approaching superstar level. I know it's a short sample size, which is why I'm hesitant to move him up. I want to see, I always like to see from anybody that first season and then the second season of the repetition. Because uh, I made that mistake last year with Cedric Mullins. He's still having a good season, but I put him at number three in center field. Well, he definitely dipped from that 30 plus home run season power went all the way back down so let's see it again from Harris but really amazing player right now uh and they're you know as always with the Braves who are you going to start every day you got Grossman you got Ozuna you got Eddie Rosario you got all these different guys that you can mix and match but the Lynch you know the main guys have been hitting Austin Riley repeating Swanson better season uh, than last year Olsen I think he could do a little bit better uh, but what do you think of Acuna? Still stuck at eleven bombs. Yeah, he's not. He's not been what he has been. I mean, you were talking about last year when he went down. He was neck and neck with Bryce Harper as like MVP, like front runners. Uh, he's definitely not been back. I haven't even like MLB hasn't even been like pressing him as much. Like well, I know before they were all over him. Yeah, and, uh, it was Acuna and Otani. They were all over him every single day. MLB network. It's just, it hasn't been the same. I don't think he has like the same flair. I don't, I don't really understand what's going on there. Well, but uh, how many, how many Braves have I seen go on the waiver wire in my fantasy 
and just ended up having unbelievable seasons. Danzy Swanson, Michael Harris, and I was flirting around with Spencer Strider throughout probably the first two months. And then I just missed out on him. Really bad. Really bad on my part. Yeah. I mean, especially now with, you know, the pitchers that you have and all the injuries, man, that would have been nice. So we'll end the pod like we always do. Pujols Homer watch at 697. He passed Alex Rodriguez. Bravo. Congratulations. That's what everyone wanted to see. And Aaron Judge hit numbers 56 and 57 last night. He is also close to breaking the record of 61. He already broke the Yankee record of 54 in a season uh, from a righty batter, which was Alex Rodriguez, uh, either in 04 or 07, one of the two. Uh, both, either Each season he was roiding um, so that, you know, this is the most authentic Yankee home run record that we've seen. Aaron Judge, just incredible stuff. And uh, we're rooting for Pujols. So, uh, and then is Zach Gallon's inning streak over? That was the other streak that was crazy. Yeah, I didn't see the end. Let me check. Um, I just keep seeing. I thought it was over at one point already. And then, uh, okay, and then I saw it again. Good. He's like Zach Gallon. Zach Gallon's on an unbelievable streak. Um, I don't know. I know he just pitched, right? Yes. And and while you're searching that up, we I forgot to mention Mike Soroka. At Triple A, excuse me, 0 1 with 4.05 in 20 innings. So, you know, not amazing. Definitely not amazing. But still, I mean, he's a guy. I mean, he, if it was against the Dodgers, I hope not. He's getting killed. Did they pitch him against the Rockies? Zach Allen. Yep. Ended. He went six innings, three earned, 11 Ks against the Rockies. Still got the one. Uh, Hey, bravo to him, too. That was incredible. Almost broke the record there as well. So we'll be back next week for another episode of Strictly Baseball. We will have Strictly Sports. We are recording on Friday, and we're going to release it shortly after that, previewing the NFL and college football for this season uh, in terms of just more conversationally, normal Strictly Sports. And then in a betting sense, Tyler and I recorded Backyard Bets, and that will, that will be uploading on Thursday. Uh, so same day as today, Strictly Baseball, Backyard Bets, two pods tomorrow, Strictly Sports. And that's how we'll finish out the week. You can check all those out on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can check out our website on Podbean. That's in the link in the description below. You can follow Rory's Twitter. That's also in the description. Follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P and on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. For Rory, I'm Jacob, and we'll see you next week.